the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Six after six on a Monday morning. How was your weekend? Mine was uh, uneventful, to say the least. The missus and I uh, sat here at home and literally did nothing except watch television as far as I watched uh, Turner Classic Movies and a couple of movies on, uh, I think, HBO. We ate pizza. Uh, I made cabbage soup which wasn't ready until about 10 o'clock at night, so we'll eat it tonight. And uh, it was just kind of uneventful. Uh, Linda had to run over to the big box store for us and said that she will not go back today. Uh, That probably is, I think, probably is a forlorn wish on her part. You always end up going over there because there's always something that comes up that you need, but... Uh, She's hoping she doesn't have to go. She won't let me go because, you know, I've been fighting this infection that I have in my body. And we think that it's pretty well done. I was uh, told by my infectious disease doctor uh, last week that uh, my pick line finally will come out on Thursday and I'll come off of the antibiotics. But that doesn't mean that we're done with my foot. They're still working on my foot. And I don't see the doctor again, Dr. Driscoll, until a week from Tuesday. So I'm just trying to keep you up to date on all that because everybody keeps asking me. So let me just tell you right off the bat what's happening and then you'll know. So uh, that's literally what my my, uh, weekend was like. Um, Every place is basically closed. Uh, Walmart, of course, all open. Kroger open. Food stores are open and things. Restaurants are closed. Uh, here in Cabot, I don't think there's any restaurants that are open now. I'm sure you can carry have a meal carried out if you like. Uh, Marco's, I believe, and uh, the other pizza places around here, uh, they're delivering only. They don't want you to come in and pick up your pizza. They want you to do that uh, by having them deliver it. Most of them now are um, offering free delivery. Uh, The weather for today, cloudy skies, 63 for our high. Tonight, occasional rain, uh, less than a quarter of an inch, 55 degrees for a low. And then tomorrow, a morning thunderstorm and things are supposed to clear out. And our high tomorrow, 75 degrees. It's, uh, It's going to be a nice day tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow night clear and 49. Coming up on the show in the 7 o'clock hour, Steve Moore will join us uh, from the Heritage Foundation. We'll be talking to him, uh, talk to him about what the Democrats and Republicans are doing about 
this uh, particular piece of legislation to try to, um, you know, save our economy. They're talking about $2 trillion. The Democrats want to give away the store. Uh, many people are starting to talk about how the Democrat, Democrats are literally uh, trying to crash the economy. I'll ask Steve about that uh, when he is on. I wanna, I'm going to ask him just that way. Are the Democrats trying to crash the economy? Do they hate Trump so much that they would put you through unmitigated hell in this country to try to beat him come November? I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, look at all the things that they've done uh, over the last uh, few uh, years. They've done just about everything. So the stimulus package going on, uh, it's all in flux. They had a summit of top congressional leaders. Uh, House Speaker Pelosi announced she wouldn't support a bill the Senate had drafted. Then the same bill failed a procedural vote in the Senate. Uh you need to know that you don't want to put these particular people probably on your escape room team uh, when you're playing that game because uh, they don't seem like they can get along and play nice. So what are the sticking points right now? I've made some notes to myself to talk to you about. First, what they're talking about, corporate infusions. The uh, Democrats reportedly balked at $500 billion earmarked for corporations, including $58 million just for the airlines. They're calling it a slush fund uh, because the Treasury Department would determine who received the support. And the Democrats also thought the bill didn't do enough to restrict companies that received federal aid from buying back stock. Now, the president agrees with that, by the way, just so you know. So I would think that the, uh, the Republicans should get on the stick and pull that back. But that the Treasury Department is going to be the one that you know, takes care of the funds seems like to me they're the perfect person to take care of the funds. Surely they're not thinking that the Congress is going to do this with as slowly as they're moving here. I mean, there will not be a plane in the air uh, by the time they decide which airlines get what. Uh, the bill would have imposed executive pay caps that lasted two years. To me, that sounds reasonable. Two years of pay caps, uh, which wasn't enough for the uh, C-suite hawks that are out there, the people who hate corporations. So it, that brings up a, a, an interesting question. If that's the case, do we freeze wage increases for two years? Or are we just saying just CEOs have to give up their wage increases? Another question for for uh, Steve uh, when we have him on more. Uh, jobless aid. Republicans offered three months of unemployment insurance in this. Not long enough for the Democrats. They want more. Uh, who want to spend $250 billion expanding that, that, only that, uh, safety net, sounds like asking too much. I think three months is perfect to, to put into place. If you need more, then you can look at coming back and adding. You don't have to start with six or nine or a year and a half. Remember when Obama was uh, president, that unemployment seemed like it was like 
infinite. It went on and on and on and on. Uh, then health care. Uh, Pelosi and Schumer are advocating for additional $200 billion for hospitals and other providers. Now, I'd like them to show me that that's necessary. They're already turning over. If you remember the first of these three bills that they worked on, that's where that money is going. So now they're saying we got to add in, on the backside even more money. Sounds questionable to me. So what else are they talking about? How about student debt? Yeah, that's all about coronavirus, isn't it? Uh, in the student debt, Pelosi reportedly wants to erase $10,000 in loans for anyone with federal student debt. And uh, that's going to be really hard to get through. Uh, loans for small businesses. Uh, this part of the bill, <clears throat> excuse me, included $350, $350 billion in small business loans that would be forgiven as long as the firms use them to retain staff. Now, you just heard what I just said correctly. They're going to give or want to give $350 billion in small business loans. Now, if that money is used to retain staff, you don't have to pay it back if you're a small business. If you use it to expand your business, use it to get new equipment or anything like that, then those bets are, those bets are off. Uh, while that seems to be pretty popular amongst Democrats and Republicans, Democrats objected to it because, are you ready for this, certain nonprofits would not be eligible. I'm not worried about the nonprofits right now. I'm worried about the businesses, the profit businesses that are out there, the small businesses that are out there. I'm not worried about all the nonprofits out there. And, to, you know, to be honest with you, you say nonprofit, people think it doesn't make money. Not true. It does make money. All right, so small businesses, workers stuck without incomes, and high-powered traders are all watching the details of the package right now. Uh, how it develops over the next few days, let's hope that it doesn't take them a few days, uh, <clears throat> is going to chart the U.S. economy's path uh, going forward. So that's what uh, that's looking like uh, right now. That's the things they're fighting over. That's the things that they're trying to get uh, cleared up. So what about the U.S. economy? I'll tell you about that when we come back. 16 minutes after 6, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Today, look for cloudy skies, 63 degrees. Tonight, occasional rain, a low of 55, less than a quarter of an inch on the rain. And then tomorrow, some early morning thunderstorms and a high tomorrow of a uh, kind of balmy right now, 75 degrees. Currently, Little Rock's 48, uh, Hot Springs is 49 Pine Bluff is 50 degrees. I'm Dave Ellswick, 101.1 FM, The Answer. It's 20 after 6, 63 degrees, cloudy for today. Tonight, occasional rain, 55 degrees for our low, getting less than a quarter of an inch uh, when it rains. And then uh, tomorrow, some morning thunderstorms and a high of 75. Currently around the area, Little Rock's 48, Cabot's 49, Conway 49 and Pine Bluff 
is at 50 degrees. Okay, so I said I'd look a little bit at the economies. The U.S. economy, uh, right now, we're looking at an economic meltdown. Look, if you close businesses, this is going to happen. And it, there was an interesting discussion that I was listening to on Fox News earlier uh, before we came on, and it it's a, it's a... It's a debate that they're going to have Sunday or Monday, and you need to be aware that this is going to happen. Here's the question. Is the cure worse than the disease? In other words, is keeping all the businesses closed, doing this, uh, you know, a whole thing with, uh, uh, you know, social distancing and all the rest, uh, literally uh, shutting down the economy is what you're doing. Is that the way to go, or should we get you know work back towards normal and know that people are going to get this virus? That's going to be a discussion that has to be done because looking at the numbers that we have right now, uh, we're looking at an economic meltdown that's going on, and it you know it's got to be stopped. I mean, look if if everybody is safe. At the end, and let's say uh, we decide to not take the chance of any more people getting uh, this disease or whatever, uh, if it completely destroys the economy and there's nothing left after we've done that, uh, probably most of us will not enjoy getting back out because a lot of the businesses that we know of and things of that nature will be gone. They'll be zilch. They'll be history. Uh, this is going to become, it's becoming sharper and more painful than even 2008 was. Uh, In the Washington Post, Goldman Sachs estimates the economy is going to shrink this quarter, this during this quarter, at a 24% rate over the next three months before it picks up again. When you look at the market, stocks are coming off their worst week since 08. And last night, futures hit their limit down level. But you can't ignore the chaos in credit markets, uh, which is where the Federal Reserve has directed most of their attention. So there's all kinds of moving parts here that are being uh, dealt with. This is not just, uh, you know, protecting people from uh, the virus. There's other things going on that have to be taken care of. That's why that uh, Senate uh, and House bill that is in conference committee right now, this phase three bill, is so important. And the Democrats have got to come to the table, not with this huge Christmas wish list that they tend to like to do. Uh, They tend to like to add on a whole lot of stuff. Uh, in lights and ornaments, as I like to say, uh, that have nothing to do with the uh, the deal at hand. Or if it does, they want something outrageous uh, to be put into place, like what they talked about dealing with student debt. You know, I mean, I want you to think about how many people owe student loans. And they want to forgive $10,000 for each of those people. Folks, that's that's billions and billions of dollars. You know, that's just something that, that that's kind of crazy. Uh, and the whole thing about, uh, you know, unemployment and wanting to, it to go longer than three months. 
three months should be enough for us to turn the economy around and get it starting to hum again and then roar towards uh, the last two quarters of this year. And people will be back at work and doing their thing. Well, we want them to go back to work. We don't want them to sit at home because they can sit at home and and uh, garner unemployment uh, paychecks. That's not what you want to do. Around the world, this has really been hitting uh, everybody hard as well. In fact, harder than it's hitting us. Our uh, economy under the president has been strong and is is uh, taking these body punches. Uh, they're hurting, but they're not hurting like they're hurting overseas. Uh, the global restaurant demand has literally ground to a halt. Now, that's happened here in the United States. Uh, I've, I've seen more than one Instagram from different restaurants saying they are now closed. And if they're closed, the workers there are not getting paychecks. And you can't go out and buy a meal, so the business is not making money. Uh, They've ground to a halt, and uh, so have most brick-and-mortar retail sales as well. Foot traffic in the U.S. and Italy, just to give you uh, a hint on this, dropped more than 70% since March 18th. 70%. Public entertainment. Is ceasing to exist. I got a uh, uh, an email over the week that they canceled uh, for celebrity uh, uh, productions. They they uh, have canceled their next big production over there at Robinson. Uh, I don't know if the movie theaters are still open or not. I didn't go out to a movie this weekend. My wife won't let me leave the house under threat of death. So I'd rather live inside the house than die outside the house. So I'm, uh, I'm following her direction, which means I don't get to go out. And uh, so, you know, I don't know what's going on as far as the movies go because they want this, this whole social distancing and whatever. I mean, I guess you could only sell half the seats in the theater. And as people buy their seats, they have to have like two seats between the people that they're close to so you get that six foot that they want to have or whatever. Uh, Movie theater bookings dropped by more than 66% over the last weekend. In fact, China reported no data concerning the movie industry. What's going on in the travel industry? Well, last week, global flights were down over 20% month over month, while Road traffic has dipped in major cities. There's pictures, I don't know if you've seen them or not, of New York and and some of those uh, big cities, L.A., and there's no traffic on the roads. I I can't say I've ever seen uh, New York City without traffic on the roads. Energy consumption, which is a proxy for economic activity, is significantly lower across Europe and China. Uh, That's... uh, talked about by the European Network of Transmission System Operators for Electricity. I mean, if these stores and uh, businesses and restaurants are all closed, uh, there's a less use of uh, electricity uh, in those countries. So uh, all across the world, economic activity 
uh, is down. I'll give you Australia, all non-essential businesses are shutting down as cases grow into the thousands there. In India, the government imposed a curfew uh, that uh, requires people to quarantine themselves from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's normally when people go to work. Uh, Germany, Chancellor Angela Merkel is quarantined after meeting with an infected doctor. She's banned all meetings of more than two people. Spain, after a spike in deaths Sunday, the country now has the second worst outbreak in Europe after Italy. In the U.K., the government said it would pay up to 80 percent of furlonged worker salaries. Prime Minister Boris Johnson ordered all pubs, restaurants, theaters, and even more uh, to close. In Italy, doctors and nurses account for more than 8 percent of of total cases in the country. All non-essential factories were ordered to close on Saturday. I got more for you. Well, I'm all I'm all happy today, huh? It's all sunshine and and uh, unicorns. All right, back with you. Want to remind you that if you're worried about this meltdown with the stock market, there is a silver lining. There is some great news for you. Uh, for instance. According to Forbes, this could be a huge opportunity right now to save big money on taxes in retirement. That's right. Uh, Learn how with a free tax reduction analysis from David Lucas Financial right here in North Little Rock. If you've saved more than $400,000, be one of the first 10 callers to schedule your free analysis now at 501-222-3300. Uh, 15. Don't wait. This big drop in the stock market could be your window of, of opportunity to save tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars over your retirement in taxes. Learn now by calling 501-222-3315. That's 501-222-3315. Now, I was talking about... Uh, a story about the different uh, countries around the world and what was going on as far as those countries uh, were concerned uh, with their economies as, as well, because economies are interconnected. So you got to be uh, aware of uh, what's going on as far as those economies, other places in the country also. So uh, let me get back. Uh, to that part of the story uh, that uh, we were doing for you. I'm looking here. i got to find the story again. I've been moving around on my phone here, getting all kinds of information for you. Okay, I found out my area that I made my notes, and so here they come up now. All right, I told you a little bit about global restaurants and how Across the country, uh, across the world, uh, restaurants have taken it in the shorts badly uh, because they've been ordered in most cases from governors and mayors and on up to shut down during this time so that people can't uh, congregate there. 
Uh, and that public entertainment basically has ceased to exist. I don't know if you know this or not, but in New York City, Broadway is closed. You can't go see a Broadway show right now. Travel industry is taking it on in the teeth as well. Talked a little bit about Australia, India, and Germany, and Spain, and U.K. Let's, uh, let me get two more for you. Hong Kong says the financial secretary said its economy, his words, quote, is in deep water. Unquote. Israel, the government has tapped a country's famous intelligence agencies to help with the uh, outbreak. Israelis cannot leave their homes outside of grocery shopping, medical treatment, or trips to the pharmacy. That tells you their economy is taking it in the chops as, uh, as well. It's just something that, you know, right now where we're at, and that's why I said coming up on Sunday... Uh, or Monday, it's going to be incumbent upon the people who are in power, people that we elected to Congress, the people we elected to the presidency, uh, dealing with our country, to start making some decisions about do you continue to keep the economy shut down or do you start, you know, uh, letting some of the uh, restrictions up let them up so that uh, uh, the economy can start to recover a little bit. Uh, you you do not want uh, the uh, for whatever is ailing you uh, to uh, destroy the economy at such a point. Uh, you, you know you 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 treat the disease. But there's nothing to come back to uh, after the disease has been taken care of. So that's that's something that you really, you know, you got to you got to look at. You got to understand uh, that um, some very serious decisions are going to have to be uh, be made. Now, here's something else that I'm starting to see that it, it, it worries me because. The country is kind of in a fragile mode right now. I think most people are right now handling what's going on. How long can they handle uh, what's going on? How long can people take uh, being stuck at home? Uh, How long uh, can people be told they can't go out to their favorite restaurant or uh, go see a movie or or whatever. Now, Universal tried something this weekend. I haven't seen any kind of uh, press on it yet uh, where they allowed you uh, to um, watch some of their movies, first-run movies like uh, The Invisible Man and The Hunt uh, on streaming. Now, I think that they charge too much. For that, I mean, they charge enough that uh, you're, you know, to watch the movie, uh, uh, you're looking at the cost of a ticket for a person to get into a theater, plus a big bucket of popcorn and a big soda, adding it together. It was like 20 bucks or something like that. Uh, I think they need to drop that price down. They probably won't, but it would be my suggestion that they do. If they do, then I think they have the, the shot of making uh, some money because, seriously, people will just go on. If you got DirecTV, you'll go look at which of the movies 
are, are they streaming now? Uh, you'll check out Redbox. You might sneak out to Redbox. Uh, if you do that, take some hand sanitizer with you. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe take some Lysol spray. Spray that screen before you start pushing it so that you don't take the chance of somebody transferring something to you and uh, then use uh, hand sanitizer afterwards to make sure that you you stopped everything in its tracks you might want to go to Redbox um, if you can get anything at Redbox I haven't checked uh, because to be honest if I want to watch a movie that's a new release I'll just watch it on on uh, DirecTV and paid the five ninety nine to watch a movie uh, there and uh, get charged later on for it. But th- that that's kind of your choices. Or you can sit and you can watch uh, what you're paying for as far as uh, HBO, Showtime, Cinemax, and all the rest. Um, I tend to watch a lot of TCM uh, classics. Uh, Linda and I watched uh, on Saturday night um, two movies she had never seen before, and I made sure that we watched them. One was uh, Alfred Hitchcock's Dial M for Murder with Ray Milland, uh, Robert Cummings, and Grace Kelly. Great uh, whodunit movie. And then after that, uh, I made her turn all the lights out in the house. So it was pitch black and made her watch Wait Until Dark, which is a great movie with Audrey Hepburn. Uh, and Alan Arkin, a lot of fun watching that movie, and she got to kind of, kind of experience a little bit what it was like, um, you know, for um, to have seen that movie back, and I think that was was that sixty eight that that movie came out it's around that time, and uh, at, at, at when it was a play on Broadway. They would turn all the lights out in the theater, and then nobody could be seated in the theater in the last act of the of the play. And then uh, when they made the movie of it, and Audrey Hepburn was cast in the protagonist role, and Richard Crenna is in it as well, uh, they uh, they turned the move the lights out in the movie theater uh, as well. And it's a great movie. If you've never seen it, you should, you know, look to find it. I don't know if Netflix has it or, you know, if uh, they got it over on Amazon or not. But you can look and see. But it's a great movie to watch. It's a fun movie. It's it's, it's really a good f- film. And, and was well ahead of its time in saying even though you have a physical impairment, it doesn't make you that you can be just taken advantage of by everybody. It's really good as far as presenting that even people who are blind uh, can go on and have relatively normal lives. Uh, Really good movie. But they turned the lights out in the theaters as well and then wouldn't let anybody come into the theaters. And it was, I mean, it was like what Hitchcock did with Psycho. If you remember with Psycho, uh, you know, they asked you not to give away the ending and they wouldn't let anybody into the theater. Uh, once you were about five minutes into the, the movie, nobody could be seated in the theater. It was something that they did uh, as a selling tool, but also just as a way of uh, of, uh, of heightening the tension of the movie itself. And they did heighten the tension. 
and and wait until dark. It really builds the tension through the movie. It's real. Alan Arkin was just such a great, great villain in that movie. He's just, just detestable. But uh, Audrey Hepburn really uh, uh, gets the best of him before it's all over. I haven't given anything away about the movie other than tell you that the protagonist uh, gets gets the best of the antagonist in this movie. And you'll want to watch it. It's very well written and very well done. All right. Oh, by the way, the guy who wrote uh, the stage play Wait Until Dark is the same gentleman who wrote Dial M for Murder. I didn't know if, if you knew that or, or not. Not the same people directed the movies, but... Hitchcock did dial in for murder, and there's so many great signature Hitchcock directorial uh, points in the movie that are great in that film. I need to go back and watch it again to see where he shows up in the movie. I forgot to watch the other night uh, to see if I could pick him up in the, in the movie. All right, going, you know, going on, uh, the conspiracists are at it now. You know, the, the president gave the OK uh, to some of the, some of the states uh, to, um, you know, use their National Guard. Uh, typically, the governors can make that decision. But if they want to bring out the majority of National Guard, they need to get some extra money from the government. They did. New York is having a bad patch uh, with this particular uh, disease right now, and they've been bringing in different uh, uh, vehicles, some tanks and things of that nature that they're going to use, I'm sure, to uh, block off some entrances and exits and things of that nature. Well, the conspiracists are saying, you know, they're getting ready to call martial law in New York City, and uh, they're saying that uh, <clears throat> across the nation. Now, you'll remember they... This was a big deal uh, during the latter years of the Bush administration, Bush uh, the younger, and then into the Obama administration about how uh, FEMA camps were going to open up all over the United States and they were going to round up America Americans and put them in FEMA camps. Well, that's back out on the Internet again. And this time they're going to go out and get people who have, uh, you know, COVID-19 and they're going to put them in FEMA camps and they're going to be at Walmarts. Uh, these people never miss a chance. I got to tell you, they never miss a chance. And uh, it, I just think it's detestable in a time that our country is going through some of the things that we're going through for people to do that. All right. So we got to about 12 minutes before seven o'clock uh, here on the Dave Ellswick show. Sixty. What do we got now? We're, not, we're going up to 63. We got about 49 degrees now in Little Rock. Cloudy for today. Tonight, occasional rain. Low of about 55, less than a quarter of an inch. And uh, then tomorrow, some morning thunderstorms and a high of uh, 78 degrees. So let's get a break in. It's the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM. The answer, some traffic and weather for you here right now, back in a moment. All right, we continue. It's um, 49 degrees in Little Rock. Hot Springs saying 49. Cabot saying 49. And Pine Bluff, hot spot here in the area at 50 degrees. Look for a, some drizzle today, but nothing important. With a high of 63 and then occasional rain tonight. Uh, 55 degrees for a low. Less than a quarter of an inch it will fall. 
Uh, for your Tuesday morning, some early morning thunderstorms, 78, and it will clear out Tuesday night. And we'll get uh, down to 49 degrees. So uh, we're looking pretty good right now, weather-wise. I'll take this, to be honest with you, uh, over uh, what they're getting up north right now. They've got uh, a lot of snow uh, coming (laughs) their way. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad we're not getting ice or snow, to be honest. So what are some things to do? Hmm, that's the question. By the way, 705, uh, Steve Moore will join us from uh, the Heritage Foundation. You've seen him on Fox TV a lot. Uh, I've known Steve for a long time, and he's going to join us today uh, to talk with us about, uh, you know, the economy, what's going on. I want to talk to him about, you know, uh, cure and disease, you know, which is worse right now, the cure or the disease. Talk to him about that. Had somebody uh, send me a text and it said, Dave, they should just quarantine those who are elderly with underlying health uh, issues and people with respiratory issues. And then the rest should uh, go and uh, be out and get this stuff and uh, start building up, uh, you know, some kind of of uh, baseline immunity. I don't know if you'll, you know, be able to uh, build up a baseline immunity to this particular virus. Uh, They do have now, it looks like these quinine pills and another drug uh, taken together uh, has a pretty good response to people who have the disease in helping them get over it uh, in a, a, a reasonable time frame so something to to be thinking about all right now as the quarantine drags on now a lot of us probably are getting uh, pretty uh, you know hungry wanting some human interaction uh, you can start by asking the AT&T customer service rep about her day <laughs> or you could join a star-studded virtual dance party if you wanted to Uh, For the past several days, DJ D-Nice has been making that happen, by the way. The uh, L.A.-based DJ has been throwing a series of parties on Instagram live. He's calling it Home School. Saturday night's party would have filled Madison Square Garden five times over. You heard me right. Five times over. More than 100,000 viewers joined including Justin Timberlake and uh, Rihanna and even Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders, of course. They want to join their fellow Democrats, I guess. Dean Ice told the uh, New York Times he missed the energy of a crowd after gigs at the uh, Southwest, uh, South by Southwest, and uh, Coachella were next. Users said they really felt like they were popping bottles with celebrities Either cabin fever is getting to us or that was a pretty great party if you can get that kind of a feeling just from watching it on video. The uh, pandemic is rehabbing social media companies' reputations from uh, data, data guzzling monopolists to humanity's only connection to social events, which was in the beginning, if you remember correctly, what uh, the social media uh, Facebook and all the rest was supposed to be about. 
Instagram Live uh, viewership in Italy has doubled in the last two weeks, according to an Instagram spokesperson. So people using it, trying to keep up on other people, on celebrities. Of course, we're all celebrity hounds, a lot of us. And people want to know what the celebrities are up to. I could care less. They're probably doing, most of them are doing like I am, being bored out of their mind, <laughs> sitting at home. I'm, uh, I'm feeling that way and going to be that way for a while. Uh, the president has asked us to do the social distancing thing, which I'm doing until the end of this week. Then we'll see what the president has in mind. Uh, because we're going we're gonna to need to, you know, step on the side of this motorcycle and start the engine uh, sooner or later. And uh, we'll talk about that here coming up in the next hour. Steve Moore is going to join us. And uh, he, of course, from Heritage Foundation, he's been on the Dave Ellswick Show many a time. He's been on Fox News. You know who he is. He knows what's going on. He's worked with the president on the economy. He'll join us, and we'll talk to him about what's happening in the nation, good, bad, and indifferent. That's all coming up in the uh, the next segment of uh, <clears throat> the Dave Ellswick Show. Then through the rest of the show today, we'll talk about some different things that are going on. For instance, there's one, it uh, seems to be one uh, rest home, uh, for better words, here in the uh, Little Rock area that has had uh, a larger percentage of people with the corona uh, virus. Uh, uh, pop up, uh, kind of like that one in Washington State. Not the death rate, but the infection rate. And I think that's something that needs to be uh, seriously looked into and find out why that is. Uh, the governor talked a little bit about that over the weekend in one of his uh, updates. So with that said, uh, we need to get a break in. It's uh, 6.58 right now. It's two minutes until 7 o'clock. Uh, cloudy today, 63 for a high. Occasional rain tonight, 55 for a low. Morning thunderstorm tomorrow, 78 for the high as we clear out. Clear tomorrow night, low of 49. Currently, Little Rock is at 49. Pine Bluffs at 50. Conway is at 48 degrees. That's the way things are looking at this moment. I'll be back after the news. That's coming up next right here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM. The answer.
Alright. Okay. Alright, let's get it back underway on a Monday morning, second hour. We're uh, contacting Stephen Moore right now uh, to talk with him. He of the Heritage Foundation, who's been a part of this show uh, before many times. He is going to uh, uh, join us today, and we will uh, talk with him uh, about all of the important things that are going on about the economy. The first question I'll have for him, just so you'll know, and as soon as we get him hooked up with us, is this whole thing of uh, cure cure versus, uh, you know, disease. Uh, Is it... is it better to let the disease do what it's going to do, or is it better to continue on with the cure that we're doing right now, which has shut down the entire economy and is just crashing businesses left and right? <clears throat> and in the in the uh, future, it's going to the way that. Uh, Republicans and Democrats are working right now. This whole savior phase three supposed bill that they're working on in and of itself is to almost two trillion dollars. Now, we've already got two other phases in effect, one that was almost one trillion. If I'm not mistaken, the first phase was like eight hundred and sixty five billion dollars. And I don't remember what the second one. I mean, these numbers become so mind-numbing that it, that's really, really inc- incredible. Let's see. I don't know if he's there or not. Is, is Stephen joined us yet, Russ? Not yet. Okay. He's not there as of yet. So we're, uh, we're waiting for him. I'll send a quick. I need to send Scott a quick note and say that he's not here. No, you already did. Okay, good. All right. So we we've got him. We've got we've got the person who who booked this. We're hitting them right now. So while we got the time, let me kind of go back and rehash a few things that as you're gotten in your car and you're heading to to work, uh, maybe you did not hear uh, in the first hour some of the uh, information that I was sharing uh, with everybody uh, dealing. Uh, with what's going on with the coronavirus and, um, you know, what we're going to do uh, as we can we continue on. But here's the numbers as 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 we know it. Um, The U.S. economy, as you know, if you've been following anything, you know this. Uh, We're in an economic uh, meltdown right now. Uh, and that's rightly understood when factories are closed and retail businesses are closed and people are being told to stay home. People aren't out spending money. And if we're not out spending money, the economy, you know, it's like somebody riding a horse and pulling the bit back as hard as they possibly can. Goldman Sachs has estimated that the economy will shrink at an annualized 24% rate over the next three months. Now, that's the second quarter. That doesn't mean the third and the fourth will be that way. It means that 
third and fourth, if we can get things going again, should rev up fairly uh, smoothly and, and, and decently. And we'll be able to, you know, salvage this year uh, for us as well. U.S. markets are coming off their worst week since 2008. Uh, Last night, futures hit their limit down level, but don't ignore the chaos in the credit markets as well, which is where the Federal Reserve has directed most of its attention. And I was just explaining that everyone was talking about uh, in the mo- this morning about the cures. I mean, what we're doing right now is significantly harsh, you know, with what we're doing to the uh, uh, to the economy right now. And can we keep doing it? And if we keep being this draconian, uh, will there be any economy for the most part left? You know, what businesses are going to fold and go under? I mean, look, the airlines are, are getting hit in the teeth. The travel industry uh, has been knocked on the mat, and nobody's sure if they're going to get back up again uh, right now. I mean, all you got to do is go online and uh, take a look at cruises right now. Number one, you can't get one because they're not doing any right now. And and number two, uh, where they're coming back with cruises, you're going to find some of the best deals you've ever looked for in your lifetime. And how long before people, excuse me, people uh, decide that uh, they don't want to do this, go on cruises anymore? I mean, this went on uh, for a few months maybe a year, a couple of years back when they had so much problems with, what was it, Nova virus? Is that what it was? That stomach virus was sweeping over a lot of the uh, uh, cruise ships. Was and, it the norovirus? Uh, yeah, noro, that's what it was, norovirus, yeah. And, I mean, it, it really hurt. It really hurt the, uh, the folks there in uh, – uh, the travel industry for months, and they have recovered from that. And how they did that, I can tell you, because I went on a cruise about a year later after that all happened. And every time you walked out of a, uh, you know, a performance that they did in the in the uh, cruise ship, uh, breakfast, lunch, dinner, around any of the uh, offerings offerings that they had. Uh, they had people there, and they would say, uh, you know, uh, you know, wipey, wipey is what they would say. And they would squeeze, they would put the, the antibacterial stuff in your hands so that you would, you know, rub your hands together. And, and that kept the novel virus at, uh, at bay somewhat. So anyway, we got a lot of... A lot of things like that uh, going on. All right, I'm going to get up. I'm, I mean, it's just things that you got to be paying attention to. Uh, we just can't. You can't let the cure kill the patient. You know what I'm saying? And that's what's going to happen if they keep going. And they're supposed to be having big powwow coming up on uh, Sunday or Monday of 
of this next week to discuss this. They got to make some overriding decisions on this. And uh, uh, I'm hoping to have Stephen Moore on. He has been booked. Uh, we're having some problems get a hold of him. We'll work on it some more here uh, in just a few moments. It's the Dave Ellswick Show uh, here at 101.1 FM. The uh, answer, don't forget about our good friends over at PI Roofing. You know, PI Roofing has got your health in mind as well. Uh, this whole social distancing, they can work that out while they're working on your roof. They can do that. Uh, they can set up the things that you want to be set up without even having a person come out to your house. Uh, <clears throat> they're really interested in your best interest, uh, not only in fixing things up, but in uh, this time of of uncertainty dealing with uh, the deal with uh, the coronavirus. Uh, they've got different things that you can do as far as uh, putting off some payments and things of that nature uh, if you're concerned about, you know, where you're sitting as far as how you're going to pay for some of the work that's being done. And let me tell you, they do more than just roofs. Uh, if you've got damage to your ceilings and your bedrooms or your walls or whatever from a leak, they can fix that for you. Uh, they can take care of your windows. They can take care of your gutters. They do all of that now at PI Roofing. All you have to do is go to PIRoofing.com. That's PIRoofing.com. You go there, you can get everything started uh, for your particular interest. That's PIRoofing.com. Weather today, cloudy, high of 63, low of 55 tonight with occasional rain. Right now in Little Rock, 48 degrees. Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, back with you. Robert Steinbach is going to join us as well. And, Robert, uh, you probably have heard. Uh, we have not heard from Stephen Moore yet, so uh, he's not here with us. But um, let me ask you the question that I was going to ask him and get your take on this because serious question and evidently something that's going to be taken up by the administration over the weekend or on Monday of next week. And that is, is the cure worse than the the, the disease? How long can we keep uh, doing what we're doing for the cure, the social distancing Uh, closing restaurants and movie theaters and all the rest. I mean, what good is it if if people come back to, quote, a norm and they're not there anymore? I think it's an outstanding question, Dave. I don't think I have the answer to it. And, of course, it's all about risk, right? 50,000 almost people die a year from car accidents, but we obviously not only permit but enjoy having uh, trying to take. Uh, I tend to be on the more cautious side. I drive, a, I drive a, uh, an SUV because I believe that makes me safer. And in many right. instances it does. In some instances perhaps it does not. Uh, so I don't know the answer to the question regarding this unknown disease. I, I think those that um, play it down too much uh, like, oh, well, it's nothing, nothing to worry about. A good buddy of mine who's in the medical profession and who's working on this says, ah, this is entirely overblown. I think he might be just a little too accustomed to uh, these types of problems, not 
a pandemic, but he sees sick people all the time. So this is just another example of sick people. So his perspective may be skewed in one direction. And I think people on the other side, uh, on the extreme, uh, might be skewed as well. I don't think we'll ever know the answer to this question. I can tell you that I am trying to avoid interacting with people and now maybe some people would just say I'm a misanthrope so I enjoy it but in all <laughs> truth that I'm trying to enjoy, uh, avoid people because I think you're better safe than sorry but I also have the luxury of being able to do so meaning that my school is operating online now so I don't have to go into school because we do it all entirely online uh, so uh, I don't know how to answer it but I, I will say on only perhaps say, well, on a somewhat related topic, you know, they're talking about this so-called bailout. I'm not sure bailout's exactly the right word, but there you've got this large uh, expenditure of money by the government to deal with all these businesses, et cetera, that are shutting down. And there's one point in this discussion that is a bugaboo of mine, and that is giving a bunch of money to the airlines. And apparently there's some debate between giving money to the airlines and loaning money to the airlines. And I think the airline companies have, for years and years, taken advantage of the American public, not through capitalism, because that wouldn't be taking, taking advantage of. But through the fact that they are able to engage in behavior where they can get uh, legislatures, including Congress, to enact laws for their benefit at the expense of the public, that's known in the literature sometimes as rent-seeking. And a classic example, of course, is when American Airlines prevents Southwest from flying out of Dallas, you know, the main Dallas airport, uh, because they don't want the comp- because American Airlines doesn't want the competition. Well, they didn't want the competition, so I'm not too excited about giving them a whole host of money without obligating them to repay that money. And by the way, I'm no great fan of the service that American Airlines provides. So I think we need to be. Um, um, I think we need to consider each of the sectors that we're bailing out. Restaurants, restaurants, this is no fault of the restaurants, and restaurants are not unlike the airline industry, rather, uh, in an oligopoly, which is a quasi-monopoly. They have to compete every day, and if they lose one day of business, that can have an impact on them, and of course, a month, two months, three months, can easily shut them down. That's where I think the American public wants their money put, where people are hardworking, they haven't trying tried to take advantage of the system uh, through uh, crony capitalism, and they're hurting as a consequence. That's where I would focus my money. I'm not saying I wouldn't loan any money to the airlines, uh, but I'm saying I'm not too forgiving of what they've done in the past. Yeah, it's $58 billion that they're looking at towards the uh, the airlines. By the way, I was just sent an article, an op-ed that uh, Stephen Moore uh, wrote over the weekend saying we have to be sure that the cure is not worse than the disease. Uh, yeah. Just looking at what he has to say here, he said, uh, America has the greatest economic engine in the history of the world, but... We cannot keep it shut down. We saw a couple of million people signing up for unemployment insurance this week. Those numbers are going to compound in the weeks to come. 
we might sure. see as many as 20 million people signing up for unemployment insurance if people can't go to work. And now this is where the Republicans and Democrats are crossing swords as well. Uh, the Republicans want to give three months of unemployment. Now, from what I've read about uh, the coronavirus, they figure after three months we'll be on the other side of this. The Democrats are asking for considerably more. How much more? I can't find the in, in any of the stories how much more, other than I guess uh, – in other words, the Democrats are saying we want more. They're just not saying how much more. You know, I, I saw a joke the other day, and it said things were going real well about uh, this uh, $2 trillion bill until a drunk rent walked into the room and threw a, uh, a, a wrench in all the proceedings, and they asked what the person's name was, and they said Pelosi. So, uh, you know, because let's face it, Nancy Pelosi, I think, now, this is just my thinking. This is Dave Ellswick talking. I think she'd crash the whole stock market if she needed to to get Trump out of the White House. Oh, don't think that politics are not at play here. Politics are always at play, and politics are often at play when people's uh, um, uh, when the economy is at risk, etc. So I, I certainly wouldn't put that past her. I don't know what she's doing. I can't speak to her behavior at the moment, but uh, politics is a dirty business, and I'm no. Um, uh, I'm never surprised when I hear that it is influencing people's behavior in general. Yeah, it says here that as of Sunday morning, the United States had more than 26,000 confirmed cases of the coronavirus. That according to a Johns Hopkins University tracker, uh, at least 340 U.S. citizens have died from the virus and 176 have recovered. So uh, I don't know about the other thousands that are, are there. And the uh, just so you'll know, the conspiracists are out as well, Robert. Uh, they're showing all these tanks that are going into New York City, and they're saying that there's going to be some kind of big martial law uh, thing happen in New York City. And on top of that, uh, remember back during when uh, Reagan, or not Reagan, but uh, Bush the younger was in office. They started talking about FEMA camps. Well, they're back with the FEMA camps again. The conspiracy is saying that they're going to open them up at Walmart, and it will be anybody who has coronavirus and anybody who has uh, got a respiratory disease and elderly. These people never give up. Well, if you if you believe in those types of um, stories, then every time something unusual occurs, you'll believe in the next one. So uh, that's unfortunately not surprising. But what is interesting, you mentioned New York. Remember, Bill de Blasio waited and waited to shut down the schools. Why? Not because he didn't think that the disease was as transmissible or dangerous as it is, and whatever that level that is, I'm not sure, but because he was worried that students weren't going to get food uh, uh, at home, poor students. And that, of course, feeding kids is always a legitimate concern. But upending good policy when it comes to medicine is not the way to do it. And so the point that I'm trying to bring out here, although perhaps inartfully so far, is that 
this is what the leftists do, right? They, they upend all reasonable approaches to something just so that they can get the end that they All want All right, to I need, need you to hold. Yeah. I need you to hold your thoughts. We've got to get to Rush. Russia's morning update is happening now. All right, there's two people I turn to when I want to talk about the economy. One's Larry Cudwell, and he's really hard to get a hold of anymore. He used to be, you give him a call, he'd be on. But, uh, you know, he's working for the president now. And the other person is Stephen Moore, who's with the Heritage Foundation. I've, I've known Stephen for years from his first book to now, and it's good to have him with us. He was supposed to be on in the last half hour, but... The White House called him, and he was on his call to the White House. And, you know, Stephen, I'll give you a break here. The The White House trumps my show. Hey, Dave, it's good to be with you. I apologize for being late this morning. That's okay. You know, that, we, that's we, okay. We are, uh, and, by the way, Larry Kudlow was the best man at my wedding, so he's my best friend in the world, and he's doing an amazing job. And, and i got to start this conversation by saying, you know, look, these are tough times. We're all in, under a lot of stress. The economy's getting battered right now. But, you know, thank God we have Donald Trump as our president. You know, it's amazing how God, you know, uh, blesses the United States with great leaders at times when we need them the most, whether it was George Washington or whether it was Abraham Lincoln or Ronald Reagan. And now we have Donald Trump getting us through this crisis. And so I am just uh, <laughs> so uh, so pleased that we have someone. Can you imagine how Joe Biden or Nancy oh my Pelosi God. or, you know, would be dealing with this? So thank God we have Trump. Uh, look, this is these are. Some tough times right now. The Congress is passing this absurd uh, trillion and a half dollar spending bill, which will not help the economy at all. It'll provide some temporary relief, but I'm, I'm very frustrated with with Congress right now. I think most Americans are. We need to do things that get our economy moving again, not uh, dropping uh, hundred dollar bills out of helicopters. Well, it, it amazes me. I was reading about Pelosi and uh, the Republicans are giving three months of unemployment in this phase three bill is what they're offering. Pelosi wants more, but she doesn't say how much more she wants. So if they're they're right and we come out of this after three months, we want people ready to go back to work, not sitting at home getting unemployment. Well, exactly. Like here, Here's the big picture here. We cannot... We cannot allow the American economy, the greatest engine of economic growth in the history of the country, to be shut down for more than three weeks. And if I, you know, what I've been telling the White House is, look, there has to be a date certain at which we start reopening our businesses. And I'm not saying, I, look, I understand this is, uh, this is a public health crisis, no question about it. Uh, we want to minimize, obviously, the number of people who, uh, who uh, you know, get the, uh, get the virus. But on the other hand, the idea that we're going to keep our economy shut down for seven to ten weeks, the, the economic carnage from that, the, the, uh, the bankruptcies, the wipeout of life savings would be so, so uh, dramatic that it would be hard to recover from that. And at some point, we have to be very smart about balancing, you know, the costs versus the benefits. And I really do believe that, the, that in this case, the cure is worse than the disease. We need to get America up and running again, or we're going to run out of food, we're going to run out of every basic thing we need in this country. So um, that, that were, what I was telling the White House today is, look, get, have the president announce uh, two weeks from today or three weeks from today, the American economy will start on a rolling basis, open up again. Uh, for, so businesses can get rid of it. Look, 
I'm on the board of three or four businesses. We had emergency calls this weekend. These businesses will fail. You know, the re- revenues are the oxygen of a business. Are these, do you think these businesses go seven to ten weeks without revenues? I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. They, they will all fail. So we have to be smart, and then we have to, you know, take very smart public health measures to, to minimize the number of people who will who will come in contact with the virus. But, you know, the idea that everybody's going to you know hide in their cave for four, five, six, seven weeks is is really a bad idea. Yeah, I agree with me. Robert Steinbach as well. Uh, uh, Stephen, we were talking this. I said, you know, cure or disease, you know, which way do you look at this? And I just somebody sent as I was talking about that, sent me your op ed, which was uh, published, I guess, Sunday. And you and I see really I, you know, we see eye to eye on all of this, to be honest. Robert, you, you had a question. Stephen, we were talking before the, uh, you came on about the money to go to the airlines, potentially. And I said to Dave, frankly, that I'm a bit skeptical about throwing money at the airlines as a gift rather than a loan, because I think historically the American airlines have uh, taken advantage of the system, have employed crony capitalism, have engaged in behavior known as rent-seeking, where, for example, American Airlines has made sure that Southwest can't operate out of the Dallas airport. That's not competition. That's not capitalism. That's cronyism. So what are your thoughts on this perhaps small segment of this bigger analysis? So, um, yeah, look, first of all, I agree entirely with what you said. And I, I believe that the uh, that these all the, the aid to the airlines and the aid to any business. And by the way, I, I have no problem right now, given that the government is shutting down businesses. We do want to give them short term government guaranteed loans so that they can survive. You know, we can't have, you know, millions of businesses, you know, go bankrupt and have fire Agreed. sales on their assets. So. And I believe I may be wrong on this. I'll check that the, that the money that's being given to the airlines is in the form of a loan rather than a, a handout, because you're exa- and it has to be paid back, and and it has right. to be paid back, you know, starting a year from now when the crisis is over. Because look, we don't want United. Uh, I'm not you know carrying water for any of these companies, and I hate corporate welfare, but we can't have these industries fail. So. Um, but it has to be short term. And the point is, all the, the, the bailouts and stuff are fine, but where's the economic growth going to come from? What I've endor- been endorsed, by the way, for the co- think about this, for the cost of all of these bailouts and all of the um, you know, handouts that we're giving, unemployment insurance, $1,000 checks, versus it's going to be pretty soon, it'll be $2,000 checks, $3,000. We could, think about this, we could eliminate, totally eliminate our income tax for a year. Now, ladies and gentlemen, which would be better for the economy, all of these crazy handout programs or telling every business and a worker in America you don't have to pay income tax for a year? Can you imagine how quickly the economy would recover if we had no income tax? Well, I think, Stephen, you raise a very important point because the income tax, as you well know, and I think you've been arguing this for years, is just an anchor around people's necks. The whole process exactly. is such a costly process, and there's a much better way. We, of course, have to fund government, although we perhaps need to fund it less, indeed quite a bit less than we've been doing historically. And one way to do it is to move away from an income, income tax system. Yes, look, I mean, you, you know, you and I have talked about this over the years, but I'm sa- what I'm saying is 
people say, well, we can't afford to get rid of the income tax. Well, look, we, we actually, you know, all the money we're spending, and by the way, they're just starting to spend the money. That's you right. know, this is a trillion and a half dollar bill. They're going to come back in a few weeks with another trillion dollar bill. And, you know, at some point, you know, we're going to bankrupt the country. I was, you know, on uh, Laura Ingram's show on Fox the other night. and She was asking me about the sending out of these thousand dollar checks. And I said, look, I had dinner with my, you know, two uh, boys that are in seventh and eighth grade the other night. And we like to talk about current events at the dinner table. And I said, hey, guys, you know, the government wants to send a thousand dollar checks to everyone. What do you think? And my seventh grader said, well, if the government's going to send $1,000 checks to everyone, nobody's going to work. And then the other son said, well, won't that cause inflation? And I thought, what is it? this? A seventh and eighth grader can figure this out, but these dingbats in Washington are supposed to be the smartest people in the world can't figure this stuff out? I mean, you don't create wealth by giving people money. All right, back with us, Stephen Moore. He is with the Heritage Foundation. Last question, Stephen, and uh, it's one that I think probably is the most divisive question I could ask, but one that I, I think the Democrats are up to. I think there's Democrats that hate the president so much that they would, they would collapse our economy to get him out of office. Do you believe that there's Democrats trying to do that? Well, I think there are a lot of people in the media who are doing that, and there are a lot of, you know, they, they call it the Trump virus and things like that. But look, I'm going to give the benefit. I don't think I think most Democrats and, and most Republicans in this country are doing what they in, in Congress are doing what they think is best for the country. The problem is with the Democratic Party is they keep saying we have to help individuals, workers, but we can't help businesses. I'm like, wait a minute, don't you people understand? Without a business, there are no jobs. Without businesses, there are no employees. So, of course, we have to get our, help our businesses get through this, because if we don't, you know, there's no jobs for people to go back to. I mean, how obvious is that? Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Stephen Moore, I know that you gave me 10 minutes. That's more time than you had available. Thanks so much, Fort Mamun. We'll talk to you here in the near future. Yeah, well, let's, let's check in next week, okay? That's good. We'll make it happen. Stephen okay. Moore with us from the Heritage Foundation. Busy, busy man today. Uh, he uh, broke uh, a call that he had going in the White House. Uh, to talk to us for 10 minutes. Thank you very much, Stephen Moore. Uh, we got to take a break. I got a note today, a direct message from Tom Wilkins. You know Tom. Tom is down in Hot Springs. He owns uh, the new legendary Vapors. I have talked about it before. I have had Tom on to talk about it before. And, and he sent me a little note today. Just want to read it to you. He says, hey, Dave. Uh, just wanted to touch base to say th- times got tough real quick, and that would be an understatement. Yes, we closed on March 12th and see no end to it. Tough for a new business. We are all in the same boat and pray for our customers and community friends. I hope you're finding a way to cope. Be blessed. God is in charge. Tom Wilkins, the legendary vapors. I hope that they definitely can survive. They had a good thing starting but uh, you know, when you're told you got to close a brand new business, you got a lot of a lot of overhead you got to pay. And I hope that they can hang in there. All right, Robert Steinbach is with us. He's going to be with us for a while. Uh, we'll come back. We'll talk some more. I got other things that I've been talking about. We'll get Robert's take on them as well. We're looking at uh, about 14 minutes till 8 o'clock. Cloudy skies, 63 degrees. Tonight, occasional rain, a low of 55. Going to get less than a quarter of an inch tonight, so don't be worried about some kind of flash flooding. Uh, Tomorrow morning, some thunderstorms early in the morning. We'll head up as the 
Clouds break up tomorrow, up to a high of 78, 78 degrees. That sounds so good. Uh, And then uh, tomorrow night, clear skies and uh, 49 degrees for a low. Got a break. We'll do that. The Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, I've been getting some uh, texts over the Facebook uh, live show we're doing. Gene McVeigh says, if you're deciding to stay home or go shopping, uh, stay home. Uh, he also said that, uh, and, and this is something that I think Stephen was kind of referencing and I've referenced too, you cannot just keep the American economy shut down uh, because you know, the future says if you do that, it's going to be hard to, to restart it. I mean, think about it this way. You got a lawnmower in your garage. You drain the uh, oil on it because and uh, the, the fuel because you know you're not going to be using it during the winter time. You're going to use it again in the spring, in the summer, in the fall. So you put it to the side and you don't use it. Well, to start using it again you got to prime the engine uh you got to get the oil in there to make sure that nothing you know gets all gunked up and and frozen up when the engine starts there's a lot of things you got to do to make sure that the engine runs and if you've ever started an engine that's been sitting for a while it coughs and it sputters and it smokes and it misses and then finally it, it, it finds its footing and it gets going. And that's kind of how the American economy could end up being if they uh, keep it shut down for too long. And Gene made the statement, America could descend into a depression. And I don't deny that. Uh, I think if you kept it shut for too long, uh, again, that's when uh, the cure becomes worse uh, than the uh, the deal of uh, of of the disease itself. So uh, the question is, is where do those two meet? You know, where is going too far uh, with the cure? Where uh, is going is uh, is giving into disease going too far? And uh, that's why I'm glad I'm not the president of the United States. How about you, Robert? Yeah, I think as we discussed, I think two breaks ago. I'm not sure I, I can figure out how to answer that type of question. I will say, by the way, relatedly, Dave, it's remarkable, even during this uh, situation, how you are able always to get such remarkable uh, guests. And, of course, I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about Stephen Moore uh, on the show uh, first thing Monday morning. Uh, so I, I don't mean to blow smoke up your skirt. You don't need it. You've been in the industry. I don't wear a skirt. I know. I've I've seen you in the studio, and I'll tell your audience, uh, it's not a pretty sight when Dave is not wearing a skirt. But putting that aside for a moment, um, it's so interesting to talk to Yeah, there you go. It's so interesting to talk with uh, Stephen Moore and, you know, even this issue of the income tax. And uh, let me clarify, by the way, what I was saying. I'm not uh, sure that we should replace a system of income tax. Uh, I don't know at this juncture, but I certainly do think we should – uh, replace our method of income tax. It's still way too complicated, uh, and it's simply archaic. And so when you have people like Stephen coming on and telling us we need to have simple ways to address 
uh, our um, taxation system and simple ways to get money in the hands of businesses. And you and I have talked about this now for several days on your show so that they don't go out of existence and go into a fire sale. This is the point that's so critical here is that businesses are shut down temporarily, but some of them are operating on the margin and it's not their fault that they've been shut down. This is directly as a result of government intervention. And so they need to be held in stasis, shall we say, so that they're not punished for doing what the government has asked them to do. And that's the real challenge with the, all these proposals that we're seeing before Congress today. How do you hold businesses in stasis so that when things clear up, they can start up again? And I don't have a clear answer to that question, but as we discussed in both of the previous segments, it's not by writing big checks to big businesses without an expectation that they should be paid back, the government should be paid back. And I'm glad to hear that Stephen agrees with us on the fact that companies like American Airlines uh, should be given loans, not gifts. Yeah, what do you think about the small business part of this package? I don't know if you've been following the discussions on this, but they're talking about $358 billion for small business. Now, I don't know what the exact definition of small business is uh, for the federal government, but here's what I do know. They're saying they're willing to loan out $358 billion dollars to small businesses, and as long as they're using it to uh, take care of their people and bring their people back when they reopen the doors, they're going to forgive all those loans. What do you think about that? Well, this goes to the same question, and that is, should we have loan forgiveness? Should we have a loan or should we have a grant? And I'm not saying there's no place for grants, by the way, and certainly the smaller the business, the more likely, because... American Airlines, I think, made a billion dollars in profits last year or last few years. I don't, rem- I don't remember all the numbers, to be honest with you, but a lot of money. Uh, and so they're in a position that they should be paying back loans. Small business, the question then becomes, if you give a loan, is that just postponing putting them out of business because of the impact that the coronavirus has had on them, uh, or will they be able to pay it back? Uh, And so if they're not able to pay it back due to events created by the government and the pandemic and not themselves, well, then you're not doing them any good in the long run. But if they are uh, able to pay it back, well, then they should pay it back. I don't know how you call out those differences, but I think the notion is one that we want to help businesses in a way that doesn't give them a handout, but helps them withstand this weather shall we say okay yeah i i i'm 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 kind of caught in the middle on this i'm not totally sure that you shouldn't have to pay some of it back uh but i i know that businesses can't be saddled with even more debt that they got to pay back and then thought that they're going to stay in business and the other thing that's been thrown into this mix which is kind of interesting i guess you heard that Pelosi says for every person that home, that owns uh, school loans uh, that the federal government will give them a $10,000 uh, forgiveness. Uh, I don't know if I go along with that either. How about you? Well, again, it's the same thing. You know, I know people who are um, a little bit younger than me, and they're still paying back their student loans because they have incredibly good interest rates on those loans. 
and and some of these folks are doing quite well, uh, and they're they're fulfilling their contracts 100%. They're paying back their loans. So why would they get loan forgiveness? But then there are other people, maybe, who have just graduated college and they are obligated to repay their loans and now they're put out of work. And so maybe they need to be put on hold. So, again, it strikes me as a general matter that I would put those loans, which are almost invariably long term loans, on hold because this is hopefully a short term problem. And so we may not know the answer of how short. But we can put those loans on hold for an indefinite period, in fact, and then have them resume when we are confident that things have changed. We can even add to that an escape valve that says, well, if you're one of those people that have been caught up in the negative effects of this economy, notwithstanding its uh, resumption, whenever that may be. Hey, we got to take a break. Let's come back. We'll talk more about this. And Stephen Moore said something else that was really interesting I want to bring up when we return. Six minutes after a final hour of a Monday edition of the Dave Ellswick Show. Been a good show. I, uh, and I rate it much more tough than a lot of other people do. Stephen Moore on with us in the last hour was really a highlight. Uh, if you can, go back and pick that segment up off the podcast and listen to it. He had a lot of good things to say. Uh, I got to get a hold of his booker and uh, Get him set up for next week, and we'll get oh, we a full. We got him same time next week already. No, we got seven oh five. All right, seven oh five on no, no, Monday. No, seven thirty five. Seven thirty five on Monday. Russ, tell me, uh, were you on the air on that one, Russ? Yes. Or do, okay, good. I don't want people to think I'm listening to voices in my head. Yeah, well, uh, you know, it's not one of your typical <laughs> Mondays where you're hearing it yourself is not. and talking to yourself and answering your own questions. That's right. It is not. This is an atypical day. Uh, This week is going to be atypical. I'll basically be broadcasting from my dining room here at the the Dave Ellswick household. Gallagher has been doing uh, his show from his kitchen. Did you see the picture of his the picture of him in his kitchen? I haven't seen it. I got to believe his kitchen has never been that clean before us. I mean, it <laughs> It looks like you could eat off the floor. He didn't have anything to do on the regular basis right now. He's just sitting down there in Florida enjoying life. Yeah, he is down in Florida. I didn't know that he was down in Florida. Now. I thought he was still living in New York. He no, was no, smart. No. He moved to Florida last year. No, he got out. Save some taxes. <laughs> don't blame him. Some I some really sanity. don't blame him. Yeah, that's for sure. I. It's got to be crazy. I'm talking to people and, and listening to, to, to Stephen Moore talk a little bit. Robert Steinbach, by the way, is here as well. Let me remind you that Robert is a professor of law over at the Bowen School of Law. His opinions are his and his alone, and not necessarily though the Bowen School, those of the Bowen School of Law or uh, U of A at Little Rock. Keep that in mind. It's uh, 
I hadn't seen what the temperature is here recently. Let me give a quick check on this, and I'll let you know. And the temperature at this moment in Pine Bluff is holding at 50 uh, degrees. In Cabot, it's 46. And in Little Rock, we're looking at 48. Hot Springs sitting at 49. And Conway at 48 degrees so that's the way it's looking around the area all of us are looking uh, for a high today of about 63 occasional rain tonight God, i wish the rain would go away less than a quarter of an inch though 55 for a low uh tomorrow morning thunderstorm high tomorrow because things are going to start clearing out some we'll see a lot more of old Saul. 78 degrees and tomorrow night clear skies low of 40 uh, nine. So, uh, Robert Steinbach, how has it been for you? Are you going stir-crazy yet? Well, it's a short trip for me, as you know, Dave, and I assure <laughs> you that my kitchen as well uh, is undoubtedly not as clean as <coughs> excuse me, those that you were mentioning a moment ago. But I've been doing just fine, and I've been checking in with friends, and this is what we have to do. And, of course, you know, I ordered some things I needed from Home Depot online. So you still can engage with the world, but in a different way than you have in the past during these times, as well as engage in commerce, not for the sake of commerce, albeit perhaps that's a good reason as well, but because we obviously still need to be uh, buying things to survive and then, and then some. Uh, so I've been okay. I'm doing okay. I rewatched all of the TV show Justified and finally caught up on the last few episodes that I had never seen. And uh, it's a good show. So this is an opportunity to take advantage, of course, of that time to watch uh, those uh, TV shows that you have been unable to watch so far. But it's, you know, look, the situation is what it is. And so people need to deal with it in whatever method works best for them. But I think... What is critical is to understand that we're going to come out of it. So people kind of get stir-crazy. But if you recognize it as a sort of respite from the world uh, that you will be entering back into, perhaps, I just suggest, perhaps it might make it a little easier. Yeah, interesting, uh, as we sit here and speak, that, you know, I've been able to, you know, get whatever supplies I need and and uh, order whatever I need. As you know, uh, I still have a problem with my foot, so i got to get uh, things like uh, Dakin Solution, which is a bleach solution that they use on my foot to keep it uh, sterile, and uh, Dakin pads and things of that nature. All that's going uh, well and good. Uh, we ran to the, or Linda ran to the store, picked up a few pizzas, although the pizzas she picked up are not your traditional ones. I know you don't you don't eat pepperoni because it's pork and you're Jewish, uh, but uh, pepperoni pizzas at the Walmart in Cabot are sold out, and uh, that's thick crust and thin crust. I'm a thin crust guy. Uh, my uh, wife tends to be a thick crust, and she likes to the cheese stuffed crust. So she came home with this weird concoction uh, this weekend of uh, stuffed crust, bacon, chicken, and white sauce pizza. Uh, I have to tell you, that didn't come across to me as being pizza, but I guess new tastes have developed during this time as well. 
Did, did you try it? Did you guys actually cook it up yet? Yeah, we cooked it up. It was okay. Yeah. But, you know, right. I, I like red sauce. I like pepperoni right. or, or beef. Or, and I like a lot of mushrooms, onions, and jalapenos on mine. Uh, yeah. The rest of the family does not like it that spicy. I love it. It sounds really, like what you really had spicy. was an Alfredo chicken pizza, Dave, and it's pretty good pizza, dude. No, it's not bad. I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying it tasted bad. I'm just saying when I think pizza, I want tomato sauce. <laughs> well, you know what we do in New York, and as a New Yorker, I claim to ownership as a form. Well, born in New York, I guess I still can call myself a New Yorker in that regard. Uh, we claim ownership of all good pizza, and anything else is not good. I, I want to make that clear. Anything from Chicago, not good pizza. Anything from California, not good pizza. In any event, we keep a little uh, a bowl of sauce next to our pizza, Dave. you got to dip that pizza right into that sauce. So you keep marinara sauce right next to that's it. That's right. Oh, well, that's, that's right. what I'll have to do then. I'll have to give it a try. But, uh, you know, I ate it. And I ate three pieces of it, so that tells you that I thought it was okay. But, I, right. you know, if i got to have my druthers... I want a lot of mushrooms. I like a lot of onions. I like jalapenos. And personally, I like sausage pizza more than I like pepperoni pizza. But right next to sausage comes hamburger. I like hamburger pizza as well. Nice. Nice. But well, I, they all sound good. When I look at, at pizza, and I, and I see people that order just a straight cheese pizza, and I guess that's people's stomachs that can't take anything but something blasé like cheese. That's all I can figure. A lot of interesting things uh, being uh, talked about online. Somebody got a hold of, wants to talk to us. Chris is in Lone Oak. You want to talk to somebody? Let's do some social interaction. What do you say, Robert? Let's do it. All right. Chris is in Lone Oak. Hi, Chris. How are you? You want to talk about uh, what's going on as far as all of this money Congress is passing out? Yes, sir. How you doing, Dave? I'm doing good. I ain't, uh, I miss you since you've been on 1029. No, I'm not over there anymore. I'm over. I'm at 101.1 now. That's right. Yeah. Uh, uh, what do I want to talk about? So the United States pays out a whole lot of money to other countries, like, every year. So mm-hmm. I don't understand why we can't just say, hey, we ain't going to be able to help you out this year. We need to help our country right now. You know what I mean? And then it wouldn't, you know what I mean, it wouldn't add to the deficit. Like oh, that. don't. I mean, what do you wait, think? wait, wait. Let me just say, I, you know, I would agree with you. I've been saying that we need to cut it back on foreign aid a long time ago. But but here's the the point, Chris. Whenever Congress goes to do something, and that, this goes for federal, state, and local governments as well. Very seldom will you ever hear them say, we're going to cut spending in areas and, and uh, take that spending and move it and use it in a different way. Oh, no, 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 no. They, they don't want to do that. What they want to do always is to grow government. That's what they're good at. They have shown themselves to be professionals at it, and I don't expect anything uh, to change. And it won't change until the American people want to change it. And right now, you and I are in the minority, my friend. I'm sorry to tell you that. Yes, sir. I understand that. Uh, I know... I guess a lot of people, they'll vote uh, however, you know, whichever way they are. I mean, like hardcore, no matter what. 
A lot of them will. A lot of them will vote their pocketbooks, and if they can get an extra $4,000 or $3,500 this year in their pocketbook, they're going to go along with it. Of course, they, they look at getting that money back as getting some of their tax money back, I guess. Yes, sir. Well, anyway, thank you, man. Appreciate your call. Thanks so much, Chris. If you want to get involved in the discussion, it's easy enough. Go to 823-0965, and I'll take your calls on this as as well. Robert and I will be happy to talk to you about this. Robert, there's one other thing that I wanted to bring up that I had on my list today, and that is you remember 9 of 11, of course. Uh, being course. from New York State, you would remember it probably clearer than I do. But I remember after 9-11, I, re- I remember interesting things like Congress standing on the steps of the Capitol singing God Bless America together and things of that nature. And I also remember our citizenry flying the American flag. Now, I'm not expecting the Democrats to join the Republicans and sing God Bless America because I don't know if they really believe that or not. They've been trying to get rid of God from their uh, platform for years. But I, uh, I do think we as Americans, if we fly like a flag on Memorial Day or on uh, Fourth of July or whatever, right now would be a good time for people to take their flags out and fly them. Because the, uh, the president's right. We're fighting an unseen enemy right now, and it's like we're on a war status. So show your patriotism and fly the American flag. What do you think? Well, of course, I think it's a wonderful idea. And since we are sheltering in place, so to speak, people have an opportunity and people are home. They have an opportunity to do so with relative ease. And so I think it's a wonderful idea. I really do. Okay, so I'm going to ask everybody to fly their flag. Let's do it for at least the next couple of weeks uh, and show that as we are really wanting to be, uh, you know, proud of being an American and what we're what's going on in this country is a tough time but if we all hang together we're going to do fine just remember what franklin said if we don't all hang together we will undoubtedly hang uh, separately and that that uh, is the same thing that's going on right now we've got to work through this uh together and we got to put as much of this partisan divide uh, apart. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but I hope so. I'm. I'm not. I'm not holding. I'm not holding my breath, so to speak. Yeah, I agree with you. I think. Look, we've seen this over several years now that we are more tribal, as some in the media have characterized. And it's not a bad or inaccurate, nonetheless, characterization. We are more tribal than we have been in the past. So, unfortunately. I think it's increasingly difficult for us to work collectively, and I think there is a need for that during times like this. So we can only hope for the best and do what we can. All right, we're going to get a break in. It's 20 minutes after 8. Sean Hannity coming up at the bottom of the hour. You won't want to miss that. Uh, Weather today, cloudy skies, 63 degrees tonight, occasional rain. A low of 55 and uh, for your Tuesday, going to have some morning thunderstorms, but it's going to break up and we'll have some uh, pretty weather is what they're telling us in a high of 78. We are right now at 50 degrees in Pine Bluff. 
We are 49 in Little Rock, 49 in Cabot, and 49 in Hot Springs. More after this on 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, so let's talk a little bit about what happened yesterday when the Republicans and a a good portion of Democrats thought they had a deal on this phase three that the president is asking for uh, to you know, defeat the coronavirus and and defeat this downturn in our uh, economy. Uh, Democrats showing that they apparently object to the package, also helping businesses. Uh, of course, here's the thing. Uh, if you don't help the businesses uh, and all you do is help the workers, what's going to happen when this is all said and done? Uh, there will be no jobs Uh, for the people to go back to, because I know that there's a lot of you lefties that don't understand this, and you really have a hard time grasping this. But if there are no businesses, there will not be jobs. Uh, McConnell wants to have a vote at 845 this morning and move on. But here's what he had to say last night. Quote, I want everybody to fully understand if we weren't able to act today, it will be because of our colleagues on the other side continuing to dither when the country expects us to come together and address this problem. Yeah, the Democrats are playing Nero right now with Rome. That's what they're doing. Uh, they're fiddling while Rome burns. The uh, American economy is burning right now, and Democrats uh, are playing pocket pool, so to speak. Uh, even Romney is shocked by the Democrats. At least early on, he said, a number of outlets who might normally protect Democrats made it clear which party blocked this bill. Uh, so they're saying uh, the Democrats getting called out on this. Let's see if it causes enough pressure on them uh, that uh, they'll get on board. Ben Shapiro uh, says, so quote, so just to get this straight, the new Democratic objection to the bipartisan bill. That's right. Schumer called it a bipartisan bill Saturday night is that it helps companies too much. Companies that will be defunct within the month, driving a 30 percent unemployment rate without these loan uh, pack, uh, packages. And then the Kimberly Strassel, you may have seen her on Fox News. She's from the Wall Street Journal, uh, had this to say, quote, to play politics now is the height of irresponsibility. Pelosi owns this. Again, D's were part of the Senate crafting and they were on board. But now they're carving this up for the progressive wing again at the peril of our economy. And I think that probably says it all right there, uh, Robert, uh, that they are playing politics uh, for the left. David, I think there's even a higher level of remarkable events occurring based on what you're describing. And that is this antipathy, this hatred by the left for business for businesses yes. and for business owners. And they don't understand the most basic concept of economics, which is that to create wealth, we need to engage in commerce. And there are at least two, indeed more, but at least two components to engage in commerce. There, there are workers 
people who provide labor. And then there uh, is management, shall we say, and ownership. I'll put that all in one category. And that is those people that take on the effort of combining labor with capital, meaning money and risk, so as to provide a service. Those can obviously overlap. The guy that opens up the pizza joint, so to speak, is a classic example of the worker, the management, the owner, and the, and the risk taker all combined into one. But for some reason, the left demonizes uh, everybody besides the worker. And why is that? It's, it, I mean this sincerely, and I'm trying not to be hyperbolic. It is this resurgence of notions of Marxism. That's all it is. It's the owners are the evil. Okay, well, where's it going to come from? And they've got an answer for it, Dave, and it's downright scary. And that answer is, oh, we replace all that with government. Because gosh knows, government is benign. Government looks out for everybody else. All right, we got to take a break. Got to take a break. Time for Sean Hannity. We continue as we uh, get into the last 24 minutes of today's show, which is really been kind of a primer in parts of Econ 101 and question marks about uh, what they're doing in Congress, what they're doing at the White House. Uh, Congress working on uh, one of these high-priced bills that's supposed to be helping the citizenry and business, but the Democrats saying, well, yeah, maybe we help the worker but let's not worry about helping businesses so, uh, so much. And Robert was making a statement about that. Robert Steinbach with me, uh, a law professor over at uh, uh, UALR at the Bowen School of Law. His opinions are his and his alone. But he's saying that this is nothing more than you're see, seeing socialism, Marxism, playing out in front of us about Uh, the economy in the United States. Go ahead, Robert. You were making a point on that. Yeah, that's that's entirely right, Dave. And let me apologize again. Far be it for me to be long winded as a professor and cut into our commercial breaks. That has never happened before, has it? Of course. In any event, uh, the, the, the point that I'm making is, you know, related to this notion that you're well familiar with, that is, if you give a man a fish, he eats for a day. If you teach him how to fish, he eats for a lifetime. Well, sometimes both are appropriate, right? If he hasn't eaten for three days, you give him a fish, and then you teach him how to fish. And think of that as an analogy to the economy. People need some fish. People need some food right now. You give them something. But they also need to continue to be able to eat, and the way they continue to be able to eat is for business, commerce, to continue to run smoothly, and that's where you have to help out those businesses in the same way that you need to help out those individuals. Or think of it as another way, because business, the notion of business, and and the concept of the entity of business has been so demonized by the left, which has adopted almost carte blanche Marxist uh, idealism these days, is that business is nothing more than individuals taking on additional responsibilities beyond being a worker. That is, taking on the risk of capital, taking on the risk of management. Those people need the same types of assistance because business cannot operate just with workers. There needs to be capital investors and there needs to be management as well as workers. And for those that say the workers can do it, great, that's fine. That happens 
all the time right now. But we need to recognize those individual roles and make sure that each of those roles are supported. Because if you don't recognize the roles beyond those of just worker, what you've said is government takes over all of the others. And we've seen how well that worked, even though the left likes to say, well, all of the examples of Marxism throughout the world, throughout history, were just examples of bad operations. But we figured it out now. We're going to make it work just fine, which, of course, is entirely rubbish because the concept, the concept is flawed inherently. Yeah, and I I agree with just every syllable you just spoke. Stephen Moore uh, brought up, just to play off of what you just said, uh, in the short period we had him uh, last hour. He'll be back with us next Monday at uh, 7.35. Robert will be back with us next Monday as well. Since he's not teaching, he's got a little bit more time. He can jump on board with us here. And we're going to talk to Stephen Moore next Monday again. And we can pull on something. He said that he told the White House. Evidently, he was part of a big powwow. Uh, That's why he was late for our interview. And he said, we need to cut what we're doing this whole... uh, you know, stay at home stuff, uh, uh, you know, this whole social distancing uh, policy by the end of this week or by the latest, the end of next week, because if not, there's not going to be a lot of business to come back to, to to just, I think, add in uh, to what you were saying, Robert. Well, indeed, As we've been discussing, as Stephen uh, discussed as well, business is part of the equation. And the more the left demonizes business, the more they are operating in an effort, be it intentional or otherwise, that that will produce an outcome of um, beyond recession, meaning they, they want think about a Marxist economy. It's not a recession economy. It's a non-economy. It is a top-down controlled economy. And that's beyond a recession economy because there is no incentive and there's no feedback provided by simple capitalistic endeavors. And it will result every time anyone has ever engaged in Marxism it has resulted in exactly the same thing, economic failure, and the same would happen here today. And the left has adopted almost wholesale the articulation of and the ideas behind Marxism because they are devoid of basic understanding of economics, apparently. As Stephen was pointing out, Stephen said his young children understand these basic economic principles better than some folks in Congress. Now, of course, one of the reasons may be that they have the father of Stephen Moore. Yeah, they got a pretty good teacher. Yeah, they got a pretty good teacher. All right, so... The Federal Reserve came out today. I want to read this to you, uh, Robert. I know it's a lot, and I'm going to send it to you as well, because in in the next segment, I'd like to talk about it. The Federal Reserve saying today it will launch a barrage of programs aimed at helping markets function more efficiently. 
That makes me nervous. In the wake of the coronavirus crisis, among the initiatives is a commitment to continue its asset purchasing program, quote, in the amounts needed to support smooth market functioning and effective transmission of monetary policy to broader financial conditions and the economy, unquote. That represents a a potentially new chapter in the Fed's, quote, money printing as it commits to keep expanding its balance sheet as necessary rather than a commitment to a set amount. Stephen talked about that. He said if they keep doing what they're doing, he said, look, let's look at Congress, he said. They're going to have this one point trillion. They've already did eight hundred and twenty six billion in the first one. They did billions in the second one. Now they're up to one point two, uh, almost two trillion dollars. In fact, that they're dealing with. You're going to bankrupt the nation sooner or later if you don't get this under control. So follow what they're saying in this article. The Fed also will be moving for the first time into corporate bonds purchasing the investment-grade securities in primary and secondary markets and through exchange-traded funds. The move comes in a space that has seen considerable turmoil since the crisis has intensified and market uh, liquidity has been sapped. Other initiatives include an unspecified, uh, unspecified lending program for Main Street businesses and the term asset-backed loan facility implemented during the financial crisis. Uh, there will be a program worth $300 billion supporting the flow of credit to employers, consumers, and businesses and two facilities set up to provide credit to large employers. And now markets reacted positively to the moves, cutting all of the losses in stock market futures that had once been limited down in overnight trading. Down futures most recently pointed to a more than 400-point move higher at the open. But then some other things came out about Congress, and it went back down again. Uh, let's talk about all of this when we come back, uh, Robert. There's a lot of stuff to digest, and it's important that people kind of get a kind of get a handle on what the government and the Fed's talking about here. The, the Fed's talking about unlimited money. That's what they're talking about right now. There's no such thing as unlimited money. We'll talk about it when we come back. It's a quarter till nine on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM. The answer. All right, we come back for the final segment of the Dave Ellswick Show, and I sent you that article, uh, Rob, if you had a chance just to kind of peruse it. It worries me because they're literally saying we're going to get quantitative easing. We saw this before during Bush and Obama, but with, and this is scary, no limits. Yeah, well, look, Too much of a good thing is a bad thing. We know that, right? And so the question is, when do some of these short-term fixes, and they're rather large short-term fixes, there's no doubt about it, become more harmful than they are helpful? And unfortunately, again, I can't answer that specifically. Certainly adding liquidity, well, actually just adding cash infusion into a market where there are significantly reduced 
transactions to compensate therefore acts as a short-term fix. And those cash infusions can be done in many different uh, methods, some of which you described before the break. In other words, what, what looks when people, when the Fed buys up uh, debt, it's actually injecting cash into the economy. So at a short term, on a short term basis, that is a good thing in such a context and how long we can sustain that without undertaking uh, an amount of debt that will be harmful in the long run is the question to be answered and unfortunately i don't have that answer yeah i don't have it either and i gotta tell you even if i i got professor ford on here i bet you he doesn't even have a clue i mean seriously that this is where uh, the people who deal with this day in day out have have uh, much more uh, to deal with or know what to deal with uh, with this stuff. Stephen Moore probably has an idea. Maybe we'll ask him that on Monday if we hadn't got some answers by then anyway. Hill uh, talks continue as the president is starting to show some uh, cracking on this whole uh, shutdown. We kind of we kind of talk somewhat about this with Stephen. Uh, this is from the AP. So Kind of read between the lines a little bit here. Top Trump administration officials and congressional leaders struggle today to finalize a nearly $2 trillion economic rescue package as the coronavirus crisis deepened, even as President Donald Trump seemed to suggest he had qualms about extending the current 15-day suggested shutdown. This is a great quote uh, from the president. Quote, I didn't expect to be starting off my work week this week. Also, Surgeon General Jerome Adams saying on CBS this morning, he warned the numbers will grow uh, worse this week. Quote, things are going to get worse before they get better. Now, the reason that is going to be is because you've got to remember they have they have bought all of these tests now, so a lot more people are being tested. So you're going to hear a lot more people have been infected. But I think what else you're going to hear is that the percentage of people who are dying is going to go down as well. Only hours before the Surgeon General's dire warning, President Trump suggested in a tweet that the remedies may be more harmful than the outbreak in a tweet that contradicted the advice of medical experts across the nation. And I want you to listen to this because this is this is the crux question here, Robert, and I think you'll agree with what the president is saying. Quote, all in caps, it is off of this tweet. We cannot let the cure be worse than the problem itself. At the end of the 15-day period, we will make a decision as to which way we want to go. Now, we've been talking about this kind of off and on uh, all morning long since you joined. Stephen Moore talked about it as well. If you go too far, you're going to kill business at such an extent, then the cure will be worse than the disease. It's where is that medium that you want to strike and like I said before, I say it again, I'm glad I'm not president. I'm glad I'm not on his staff. I'm glad I'm not a, a, a congressman or a senator. Indeed. You know, Dave, one of the great things uh, that 
we're doing at UA Little Rock, for example, is we've gone, I think like essentially every school, we've gone entirely online and we're in spring break now, but we resume classes next week. And this is an opportunity to have some level of normalcy and keep people operating uh, while still under the sort of uh, reduced contact uh, uh, obligations. Uh, And so the question is, in those contexts where you can't do that, how long do you simply stop operating? And as we've been discussing throughout the show, and as you just mentioned now, I I don't have the answer to that, but there is a point beyond which, obviously, we don't want to continue that. We, We will get to a point in which the disease won't be a problem, and staying in, obviously, is a problem. Mm-hmm. So we, that needs to be evaluated on an ongoing basis with a keen eye to not overdoing it or underdoing it. Yeah, I'm looking. It says, uh, with the population on edge and shell-shocked financial markets poised for the new work week, Washington labored under the size and scope of the rescue package that's more ambitious than any in recent times, larger than the 2008 bank bailout and 2009 Recovery Act combined. And that's not even adding phases one and phase two. I mean, we're talking enormous, absolutely enormous amounts of money. And we got to figure out in the future, can the country survive under that kind of a debt that's being saddled on future generations? No, no doubt. And to be clear, there's a reason it's larger than all the others, because this is a shutdown of the entire economy. Those were yes. sectors of the economy, and this is the entire economy. So that doesn't surprise me whatsoever. But as you aptly point out, as a consequence, the flip side of that is if you shut down the entire economy and you spend to keep it on life support, essentially, <clears throat> uh, with some good reason, no doubt, that you need to be more cautious uh, because you can't keep doing that. The more you spend in a short term, the less long you can do that. That's obvious, perhaps. Yeah, it's just wild. I mean, this is this is uh, becoming a, and maybe it's, you know, it's a nightmare that because of some of the things that we're doing is making the nightmare uh be real instead of being a nightmare it's the actual uh you know what is happening in our economy i i just hope that the people at the top know what they're doing i really really do and i hope that it's the the house and the senate democrats come to their freaking minds about this i i'm going to quote uh, mitch mcconnell from late last night in fact early this morning Quote, this is not the time to play chicken. Indeed, indeed. And that's the problem, is that you have different groups with different solutions, some of them likely with a political component. And in the meantime, nothing gets done, and almost invariably doing nothing is a bad idea. Now, to be clear, when I say nothing, I mean nothing from the congressional standpoint. The Fed is being quite active, and that's generally a good thing in this context. So it's not as if we're not seeing any solutions, but we could see perhaps, indeed, undoubtedly, more solutions if Congress could get together and come up with some good ideas that they are able to pass. 
Yeah, I'm with you on that, Robert. Robert, I'll let you go. Thanks for joining us today. You, of course, will join me again on Friday. I appreciate you. We'll talk to you then. Stay safe, my friend. See you then. God bless. All right, we got two minutes until nine. Let me remind you that the weather is looking this way. Today, cloudy, a high of 63 degrees. Tonight, we're looking at some occasional uh, rain, less than a quarter of an inch. So, you know, very just light sprinkles going on. Uh, For uh, tomorrow, a morning thunderstorm, and then it's going to start clearing out. Then we're going to have, like, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday being nice days. High tomorrow, 78. I saw where Wednesday they were predicting it could get as high as 85 degrees. Uh, Tomorrow night clear and 49. Currently around the area Cabot's 46. Little Rock is 49. Fayetteville is up to 52. Uh, Looking at Hardy at 43. And uh, in some other areas around the area we're looking at uh, Hot Springs 49. Pine Bluff at 50 degrees. Bible guys will be with us tomorrow, and so will none other than uh, our good friend Elizabeth. She'll join us. Everybody will do it by phone as we continue our social distancing here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Have a great day. Gallagher's on next. Ken Matthews filling in for Rush today. Hannity at 2 and at 5, Jay Seculo. Have a good day.